everybody welcome to the regeneration podcast i'm jay and as always here with my friend isaac Hello. and uh that song you were listening to uh, many of you are probably familiar but it's from our good friends um, with the band citizens and today on the podcast we are in a conversation with our buddy zach bolin how you doing zach what's up zach what's up, is um yeah, he's the front man for Citizens. He is a songwriter and uh, has been a worship leader um, in a variety of capacities, and we're really pumped. He's to, responsible for the greatest worship song ever written, which is oh, in tenderness, period. This isn't open for debate. That is the greatest. I mean, that's official regen like, award. Like of all time of, you're talking of about. All, of all time. Well, And then on, the second one is <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Off the same record, yeah. and then the the greatest family dance party song to ever be written is called "Kids." Off their lives. <laughs> so these song. are the top three That's worship great. songs of all time, like ever. In, yeah, e- in Christian church okay. history. Ever way down on the all list, right. you have like Rich Mullins, Keith Green, and some of the other you know greats <laughs> okay. of old. Okay, but uh, okay. in tenderness, period. <laughs> all right, it's not open for this. debate. I love this. All That's right. amazing. I love we'll, it. Well, we'll take it. There you go, Zach. Thanks so much for being on today, man. Yeah, it's uh, really fun to be able to just catch up and talk through so many things that you guys are doing. I think it's really, really needed and special. So it's cool to just see where the conversation will go today. Yeah, as we jump in, um, I know a lot of people listening are familiar with your music, but uh, probably not as familiar with your story. Mm -hmm. And um, so get people caught up. Like, how did you start? You know, like every worship leader I know has that that story. You know, oh, I was fourteen, and I yeah, all the all the cute girls at church like the musicians. Christian camp, so I got an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, it it started just like that. I was gonna uh, be like dashboard, but with Jesus. Exactly, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna scream a lot, and and you know, I'll just say it's about God. Um, <laughs> you know, I started, I. It's kind of, I was thinking about this the other day. I was sitting, um, put my kids to bed and, uh, I was, they were asking me about like some songs that I'd written when I was a kid. And I, I'd remembered some songs that I'd wrote. I, I started that I'd written, um, right around the time that I was like 13 or 14. And that is actually a pretty unique time because that was when I started, I, I, that, I think that's when like, my journey as far as like really following God began. That's also when I started learning how to play guitar. And I had a buddy, his name was Chucky. And uh, 
<laughs> middle name Moses, which is just amazing. So, Chucky Moses. Chucky what Moses. Was his last name. Let's just give him the full shout out. Chucky Moses Mabe. So that's, that's incredible. That sounds yeah. fake. That's, yeah, it doesn't sound that. real, but Chucky, he's a legend. <laughs> and uh, he inspired me so much. I would just sit there and watch him play guitar, and he was always writing songs. And so I wanted to write songs. And we went to a small church in Maryland, and we had a youth group and just would like play songs for our youth group and stuff. And that was pretty new for us. Like, no one had ever really done that, probably because there just weren't a whole lot of youth kids playing, you know, any kind of instrument. So. Um, I did that and had a good experience getting to do music with my friends in the church, but a bad experience at that church. Mm. And so by the time I left to go to college, I, I moved to Georgia. And um, just the second day I was there, I wound up meeting some people that were a part of this church. And they had a college ministry. And I didn't go to a Christian university. It just, they... Uh, I, I, I heard they don't do this anymore, but the university used to allow like Christian organizations on campus to sort of say, Hey, this is what we do and you should come check it out. Well, that's what I was, was there for. And I met this guy, these guys, Sean and Dave, and they led this youth, uh, sorry, this college ministry. And within the first, the first week or two, I think I was there just like playing guitar or something with them. And then, um, as time went on, they had, they sort of gave me the opportunity to lead, the college stuff. And I, I keep in mind all along, I was just always so nervous <laughs> every time. And I think to, um, it, and it wasn't really anything that anyone did wrong necessarily, but I, I don't, I don't think I really understood what I was doing. Like what, the, what even the purpose of what I was doing, uh, was because I, I would just lead songs and I thought, okay, the whole point is just to get people to, be excited um and that carried on into at that same church years later i graduated college after serving and they invited they asked me if i'd want to be this was a bigger church um and they asked me if i'd want to be hired as like the worship leader for the youth ministry and so i did that for a period of time but i even went into that sort of kicking and screaming i was talk reminding my wife of this the other day that I, you know, I, I, I was working part-time, we got married and I quit. I was like, I don't, I don't want to work in vocational ministry. I want to serve, but I do not want to work in the church. And six months go by and would, I just can't, I just can't stop thinking about this and just feel like God is bringing it to my mind often. She and I get back together, we talk about it. Six months later, we hadn't really thought about it or we hadn't talked about it out loud. I, I'd been thinking about it a lot. It was, you know, became pretty clear that that's what we needed to do. So I, I remember driving to the church that day, my first day of working there full time and just thinking, I don't want to work this job. Like this is not what I want to do, but I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, God. And sure enough, it was, you know, because I, God used that time to change me and grow me in ways I didn't even realize I, I needed to be changed in ways I, I didn't even realize I needed to grow. And um, I learned a lot through working with high schoolers and middle schoolers, especially, um, it didn't, it inspired me in ways I didn't even realize. Mm. And so, um, but, and even still, I mean, I was there for, you know, doing that for th three or four years and I moved to St. Louis for a year. And then eventually, um, in, in St. Louis, we went to, with some friends there to be a part of a church that would eventually go do a church plant and it didn't happen. 
uh, just became clear that wasn't the right fit and there wasn't stuff working out. And at that point, I was just sort of like, all right, I think I'm done with vocational ministry. You know, um, I had just started writing the song, Oh God, and I was feeling that song's about my really my life story. Um, just wrestling through just I think what all of us do sometimes is just feeling like we're talking to God, but it's hard to know if he's there and listening sometimes. Or it's hard to feel that. And scripture was really what Romans 8 was what remind, like showed me, no, God is there. Um, even if I don't have all the pieces put together right now. In the valley, oh God, in Oh God, you're near In the shadow Oh God, you're near Am I breaking? Oh God, you're near Oh God But I was really feeling like, I don't know if I want to do vocational ministry anymore. And then my buddy in Ghost Ship, uh, Cam Huxford, which we'd been friends for, we've been friends for 15 years now. I met him in, in Georgia um, at that same church. He, he said, hey, somebody, at, you know, they're looking for a worship leader at Mars Hill. And so we like, all right, well, we weren't really considering that. At, you know, as soon as it sort of became clear the church plant wasn't going to happen, we thought, well, we just won't do this. Maybe I just won't do vocation, vocational ministry. I'd been getting a lot into <clears throat> a lot of other design stuff that I was doing. And then it just was like another one of those, like, man, it just seems really clear that God is leading us here. So we spent like a month really praying about that and um, before we really even talked to anybody. And then, um, yeah, a few months later, we were living in Seattle, part of Mars Hill. And <laughs> I think by the end of Mars Hill, sort of like the year before Mars Hill really, uh, before everything sort of hit the fan, um, we, I was back at that place again of just like, man, I love music. I love writing these songs. I love writing songs for the church. I love serving the church. But for whatever reason, I just don't know that like working in the church is something I want to do. In fact, I remember reading um, what's um, uh, Tim Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor. Hmm. And the way that he talked about um, just the way the church historically has come around uh, the members of the congregation and supporting them in what they do rather than uh, treating them like a commodity. Oh, you have this skill we're going to use, this is what you have to do. And sort of like this guilt trip sort of thing at times. I was feeling all those things. So by the time Mar I resigned from Marcel for um, some obvious, but also other, other reasons too, but mostly just because of the crisis that was going on there, um, I, I 
my wife and I, we just didn't feel right about leaving Mars Hill and, and then just going to find another job at a church. Like that just seemed like, well, we'd only be doing that to pay the bills. Like we would not be doing that based on calling. And as far as we knew, God was still calling us to the people of Mars Hill. We just weren't, we just couldn't be a part of the current system that it was. Mm. And, uh, and I would say even years removed, God continues to, I continue to get to like spend so much time with those people um, that were part of Mars Hill. But it just, so we just said, you know, like, well, if that's not that, if that feels really disingenuous, um, and almost like a, that would almost be like a betrayal to just be like, all right, I know this is hard, but we're, we're out of here. Um, like we just stopped attending Sundays. We were still very present and, you know, and a lot of our friends and people were leading their lives, but you know, it, it just seemed like, all right, well, music is what we have right here now in front of us with citizens and other opportunities. So we should just pursue that. And that's been four years now and God keeps, you know, providing lots of really cool opportunities and really cool things through that. And uh, it's been really fun to just serve our church together and do it in a way that allows us to be involved, but not necessarily. Um, but also for, it gives me the freedom to, to do other things outside of just like a day, you know, a day to day sort of church job. So that's been a really cool thing. And, and I think I'll probably work in ministry again one day. I just think right now this is a cool thing that I've been able to do. Yeah, because you and your wife, your family, you guys landed at another church, another local church there in Seattle, mm-hmm. and not on staff and yeah. just serving. And- yeah, and, they, and that was really special too. Those The people at that church, um, I don't know, they're just – I learned, my wife would say the same thing. We just learned about God's love in a way that we never really had. Mm. And, um, and so getting to serve there has been really cool. Even, um, I mean, for, you know, anyone that's been in ministry for a long period of time, you know, the challenge that it can be to be able to like serve with your spouse. And so sometimes it can sort of feel like, especially if you have young kids, which we, we do, I can feel like, oh, well, that's their thing. And then we're just kind of, my wife sometimes would use that language when we were even over the years she would just say, sometimes it just feels like we're just tagging along. It's like, Oh, I hate this. You know, I don't want that. And so it's been cool for the past couple of years to be able to serve together. Like we, we are part of our youth ministry here and it's really fun and it's something that we can do together. And that's been a really pretty, pretty special thing. I've really, really valued. So citizens now though is writing, in a different format than before because you guys were writing specifically for kind of the the local church that you were attending but now you're sort of spread out doing writing in a different way tell us about that yeah so i mean because of the nature of how marcel ended um not everyone really left at the same time so um i mean really i mean there were some people in the band who stayed until the very end and even kind of became a part of one of like the remnant churches of Marcel and then eventually they left. So, I mean, all five families just sort of slowly left at their own speed and it just, it never really occurred to us that we should all try and find the same church. <laughs> um, I think it was just because all of us were processing through it so different yeah. that um, we kind of knew uh, well, citizens is the thing that sort of keeps us still together, and not to mention our friendships that we had outside of the band. Right. Um, 
And so that, that's been, that was kind of interesting to all land at a different place. So now that we are all, in fact, one of the guys in the band lives in Denver now, um, Adam, he's our drummer. Um, but every, you know, we, we just have all, we've all been at different places and, um, it's been, at first it was really weird and hard because we were so at the beginning of the band. I mean, we were just, we were playing three times a month on Sundays and we were writing together and we were talking all the time about how we're writing songs for our church. And now all of a sudden that doesn't exist anymore. So what do we do with this? And I think what's been cool is that the songs we've written since uh, it's, it's been really interesting to me for all of us to be a part of different congregations and yet still experiencing similar things, which I think just shows the power of um, just how God unites us um, as one. Um, and I, I just think those perspectives have been really cool because not all, not everyone has even has even been a part of necessarily like Marcel was like a you know whatever neo reformed sort of thing, right? But not everyone's landed at a reformed church post Marcel, so even that's been kind of so. There's like different things that people and the band are experiencing and learning, and so it affects the songs we write. And um, I, I've really I've really enjoyed that. I thought I wouldn't, but I've actually enjoyed just the perspectives that help to create who we are and what we do uh, because of that. Strength and beauty deep in our blood we separated profane the pages hatred taken One of the things from the Regeneration Project that we love about your music is that it's infused with scripture and theology. And we joke about it, and sometimes it's a little, could be over negative, but there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, in worship music, there, there is a sense from a lot of songs that you could just be like, dude, you could just totally replace Jesus with the name of any deity or your girlfriend, and that song yeah. still works. It's not yeah. explicitly Christian. Yeah. Um, and the thing we love, and I personally love about your music, I mean, it's one, there's uh, m- musical integrity, there's artistic integrity, and the lyrics are are not on the nose cheesy like so much of the stuff out there. But again, it's infused with with scripture i mean people don't even realize it if you, if you learn this song you actually just learned ephesians chapter two and and mm-hmm. the flow of the song and so um talk about that like what did you automatically kind of step into the writing process like that is it intentional is it is it something that um you're you're committed committed to that that has to be grounded in something heavier than just fluff yeah no that's a great question and I think I've changed a lot in each period of my life in songwriting. And I think by the time I was 
few years out from coming to Marcel, I think I was really sensing a lot of, a lot of just, well, okay. So when I started leading in Savannah, I remember they would ask me to lead the youth group and they would say, Hey, can you lead these songs? And, um, I had just, I'd never heard of Hillsong in my life and I was just being introduced to them. And I remember like liking some of the songs, but asking people like, Hey, do you know if there's, you know what, like the scripture references for this song? And I'd just be really curious to know more about it. And I remember, um, just not just them, like a lot of artists, like feeling like, man, I'd really love to, I'd love it if there was like, if some songs we sang just kind of included more like, uh, obviously what the scripture was, I guess. And so I started to write songs out of that, just seeing like a need for that. Um, and that, that, that carried on and it still does today. I think too, though, one of the things I've learned since then is that, um, I could sit down all day and open up the Bible and just say, all right, I'm going to write, um, you know, okay, here's Psalm 139 and I'm going to write a song about it and I'm going to just write, use the, the words that are here in the Psalm and just sort of like rephrase them to make them not sound like, to make them like rhyme. To make them rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And and I just realized, ah, I don't like that process either. Though. Yeah, because that's know? not what you do at all. It's, yeah. it's, it's, again, there's artistic integrity in the weaving together of Scripture and the great themes of the Bible yeah. to produce something that's fresh. And then it gets you to see those original Scriptures in new light because you've yeah. experienced them in a new way. And you're learning from it the whole way. We joked about uh, your song, Kids, but my kids my kids love it. And we, we have like a dance party with it. And, <laughs> you know, my four-year-old goes, you know, she's asking questions. Daddy, what's what's adoption mean? Hmm. Jesus That's is so our cool. big brother. I mean, she's asking the questions because of the song. And so um, you're teaching rich theology through music in a powerful way, in a format that is, is needed. Everyone's listening to music all day. He's claimed us as his daughters and sons. Nothing can change who we are. There's nothing better than... I think I, what I'm just learning more and more um, is that our uh, what we like the, the work that we testify to um, that God's doing in our lives those stories are really meaningful and powerful and I think that the just even on this last record that we did Amir Dimly I, I just realized you know there's like an even deeper level that we can go to on this you know that goes beyond just like saying the word not that we've done this but i can i could i've certainly been tempted in this way to sort of uh the pendulum swing and just be like all right we need to basically like there's an agenda in the song we're writing mm -hmm. so we're sort of like trying to teach people something um in almost like an arrogant way i can remember sensing that sometimes at marcel and some of the songs that were written and i was like i don't want to do that but i also see the value in how scripture is shaping me 
So I need to just, rather than sit down, hey, here's these words, let me repurpose them or rephrase them. I need to just be like in the word, reading it and living life and just keeping my heart and my eyes open to what God is doing and how all those things connect together. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's just, it's pretty, the writing process is pretty cool, you know, because then it doesn't feel, I don't feel like I'm writing uh, for Christians. I just yeah. feel like I'm yes. writing about who I am. That's, yeah. that's what that, I was hinting on with the artistic kind of integrity is that you're not, okay, I got to write a song for a, or say if it was, this, this song's got to be a hit at Mars Hill, the reformed crowd, and it's got to yeah. make sure it gets in four lines of propitiation and <laughs> yeah. do that. And <laughs> yeah. it's forced, it's contrived. But when you yeah. yourself are saturated in in the word, the agenda is removed. And whether oh. you're in the high or the low, the song relating to God in that moment is genuinely and authentically produced, and you feel it in, in the record. You feel that this isn't, okay, now I'm going to write a song about how I'm sad, but Jesus can make me happy. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to write, I'm in the desert, and God, I don't feel you, and I'm going to write type mm-hmm. of thing. And just the product is so, so yeah. much better. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that really means a lot to hear that. And truthfully, uh, I even just got an email this morning. I, I do a lot of songwriting with Chad and King's Kaleidoscope and um on their records and one of the guys sent over an email today of like all like over the past year like these like 30 different you know i'm sure there's a lot more but 30 different people who had written in and said like all the different ways that those songs had helped Mm. them through something really significant in their life and that definitely is like by far the most rewarding thing just to know that this yeah just just to know that those songs are you know, helping and encouraging and teaching and showing people things they didn't realize. I just love that. Um, Zach, you were mentioning earlier your story about writing that song, Oh God, which Mm -hmm. is the first time I'm hearing that story. And you said something as you were telling that story that I think really illustrates the thing that makes what you've done in recent years so powerful. You talked about your own story and where you were at. And then instead of simply writing out of that place, which is also good, um, you took it a step further, and we're already talking about it a little bit, but you mentioned Romans 8, and you discovered some stuff about the things that are true of God and his story in your life and in the world. And then out of that comes this incredible song that we actually just sang at our church two weeks ago. And so these songs you know, that you wrote many years ago in St. Louis, not knowing at all. You're just like a personal response rooted in the character of God as revealed to us through the scriptures and the spirit um, now has this incredible, immense impact. And I think such a big part of that is because um, the way you and Citizens and other bands sort of in that world, the way you guys approach songwriting uh, has no room for shallowness. <laughs> like I haven't heard a single citizen song that I listened to and thought, well, that felt shallow or incomplete. Like it's always pursuing a sort of depth in its storytelling. One of the things I love about it is you, you've somehow been able to achieve like maximum human emotive response oh. while at the same time rooting that response in the character and the story of God. You're telling us a story about what is consistently true of God um, while also being really faithful to your own emotions and feelings and experiences. I want to ask you, and maybe you haven't even been, been that 
thoroughly thoughtful about it. It's just naturally come out of you. But I do want to ask you, one, where does that come from? Like, is that sort of a fixed approach to songwriting or has that is it just a natural way you think about writing music? And two, when you think about that in light of the landscape of worship music, sort of in the pop, popular cultural genre of the evangelical church, what would you like to see more of? So I guess two questions in one. Where does that come from for you as a songwriter? And two, when you think about that approach, you know, where do you think maybe we're lacking in, in the church here, at least in America, um, with the songs that we most often sing in our churches? So I think on the um, songwriting side of things, I, I just, something I notice about myself, and I, I think I've noticed even more about myself for the past four years as I've been writing more, is um, I, I just don't want to write something unless I'm, I, I just like, deeply feel it. Hmm. And I think that that's something that I'm going to finish answering that question, but it kind of does sort of hit a little bit of the second question too, is that um, I think there's a fine line between like feeling every bit of the emotions that God's given us and then trying to sort of like recreate some sort of feeling. Hmm. Uh, I think that that's like the danger that we have in songwriting is, or where we're trying to sort of, um, in the same way I could have written a song that was all about propitiation or something, you know what I mean? Like just tr- even fit the word into a song. <laughs> in the chorus, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just trying to just, oh, man, I'm going to drive this one home. Uh, I think the same thing can happen on the flip side where it's just like, all right, we're going to write this song in a way to where everybody's going to be crying their their eyes out at this spot because we're going to whatever, sing it a bunch of times or or whatever that might be. And I just... I don't know. I just, I think I've just more and more, I think about life. I just think I really want to talk about the things that no one, I want to sing about the things that people are thinking, but aren't necessarily talking about publicly. And I think that that sometimes can be as specific as those feelings of, um, like I think about a song like Relent from our last record. It could be something like that. I remember walking around in my living room and just like pacing and just like wanting to just feel every single lyric that I wrote, uh, because I just I just feel that like our words can have so much weight to them, and I want the words that I write to matter and to really be as true as possible to who I am, because that's the other thing too. It's like then there's the whole other layer that you have to go through of am I just saying it this way because I have to say it this way, or am I saying it this way because it's just the way it needs to be said. And so that 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 was a pretty um, pretty important thing for me in the process of, of writing. If I gained the world, would it be worth the price to work these hands to death and not be satisfied? If every effort brought another sleepless night, I'd be so. I have strived enough to know that this divide Could never be repaired through countless second tries Still I stay the course avoiding what is right Now I'm so tired 
Hey, we're taking a quick break to let you know about some of our partners in ministry. Um, first of all, if you are looking for an undergraduate degree in Bible or theology, um, check out Eternity Bible College, uh, incredible school in Southern California with campuses all over the country and an awesome online program as well. Um, one of their goals is to make sure that their students graduate debt-free. Um, fully accredited. So check out uh, Eternity Bible College just at their name, eternitybiblecollege.com. And also our partner in ministry from day one of the Regeneration Project has been um, Western Seminary. Uh, if you're looking for a graduate program, um, a master's degree or a doctorate degree even in a variety of theological and counseling and pastoral areas, check out Western Seminary, an incredible school um, in Portland and with campuses all over the country. And again, an online program that's totally accessible wherever you are um, with a faculty that's totally world-class. Uh, go check out Western Seminary. It's just westernseminary.edu. And lastly, we want to let you know, um, as we've been doing and will continue to do, mark your calendars for October 27th. That is our next um, large annual Regeneration Forum event uh, right here in the Bay Area of California. So wherever you are, um, come plan on joining us that day. Uh, for the first time ever, we have a theme um, where we're going to really hone in on the ideas of heaven and hell and the supernatural. These are questions that we've been getting for several years now. People just really wanting to understand what has been for so long a really complicated issue. So we've got speakers like John Ortberg and Joshua Ryan Butler and Dan Kimball. Um, a variety of artists and musicians as well. So it's going to be an incredible day of learning and inspiration. Um, you can find out more and register at our website, regenerationproject.org. Um, so we hope to see you there October 27th at our Regen Forum event. And now back to our conversation with Zach Bolin. I think current music, um, something I've thought about a lot is, um, I remember a couple years ago I was, in, I was at a church um, visiting some friends and I was standing there and it was a big church and the service starts and it's, you know, pretty big like production sort of thing. And I remember just at one point during this, I didn't know any of the songs. And at one point, at one point during the singing, I just started looking around because I saw that band was really into it. I was like, okay. And I just started looking around and of like the 2000 people in the room, it just, I was like, I don't, I don't even think anybody's singing right now. You know, like, is there anybody 
what is happening? And uh, I was just like, a, it like really weirded me out to be honest with you because I, I just thought, what are what are we even doing right now? You know, like, and that that to me, I, I thought really kind of summed up a lot of like the things that I've personally felt at times just with current songs is like the the challenge that comes with people really wanting to write like sincere songs, but I also think there's a level of honesty that people are afraid to go to at times. And I sense that a lot in current worship music, but then I'm also surprised. Like I'll hear songs. I don't really listen. I don't really like seek out pop worship music much, but I'll hear it at different things that the band plays at. And I'll be surprised every now and then where a song will be played and it's like, Whoa, that's incredible. And then it's like, Oh, that's a Hillsong song. That's cool. You know? And so I think there's like people that are genuinely trying yeah. to write great songs, even the big ones. I just think, too, in all honesty, I, I think business is a big part of what yeah. is driving that industry. Mm. And it's a big moneymaker for the people that write those huge songs. And you can say whatever you want, but it's like, I think How Great Is Our God is, I always get confused with the title, but How Great Is Our God, I think it's like one of the top worship songs ever. So I think or like selling songs and it's like yeah that's a big song but one of the reasons it's sold so much is also because they've invested a lot of money into getting that heard hmm. by a lot of people and i just think there's also that component too when you have these big huge songs it's like there's been a lot of money and that's where i think people need to sort of like understand that especially worship leaders and people that are choosing songs for their churches it's like that song's in front of you right now because someone spent a lot of money for it to be in front of you and I think you have to sort of like put that aside for a moment and really observe and read these lyrics and decide, are these actually, are we going to be able to, are these lyrics actually doing, and I would recommend creating some sort of criteria, or are these like fulfilling a criteria of what we see as like the best thing for leading our church? Yeah, that's um, so good. And so I think about all those things as like a writer, but also as just an observer. Mm. And I think that we could really grow a lot in that world um, as writers and I think part of it is, and I've had this conversation before, like I worked at a label here for a while in Seattle and I would talk to other bands. And one of the things that was always interesting is you start talking to them and, and then eventually the, the, there comes a point when you have to be really honest with them about their music. And I remember having this conversation one time with a friend and they'd written these songs. I was like, man, they just sound, and they'd written these songs with the like top like songwriters of the worship world that you can like, I mean like the top guys. And I was just like, man, these are just some of the most generic songs, man. Like I don't, I'm not trying to be, you know, I was just like trying to be really, he's like, what do you think? I was like, honestly, I don't even like, I don't connect with this at all personally. And he was like, man, that's such a bummer because that I feel like when I wrote this song, I was just being so honest and I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I think that's what a lot of people think. But I think there's just a level of fear because it's like, oh, man, if I say that, am I, have I gone too far? And it's like, I just don't think that we should play by those rules hmm. because I think we have the, the Psalms especially. The Psalms, I, yeah, our guidebook, yeah, yeah. Are just a good example of like, I mean, there's just so many things that you can glean from that where you just see the human response to life. Yeah. And I think that we need to remember that as we, as we create. Yeah, the full spectrum of human emotion is represented in, in the Psalms, and the, there's space for all of those em emotions to manifest in lyrics that um, praise God and challenge God and doubt God. Um, and that was Israel's hymn book. Israel's hymn book is, is the Psalms, and that's what they were going through every day. One of the, one of the things um, 
I wanted to ask you had to do with like uh, recurring themes that come up in in your music, and the reason why it's a, it's a theological reason, a practical reason is oftentimes in Christian circles we're told to like, hey, let's not use too much Christianese because your average person in the pews doesn't doesn't speak that that language, uh, and and there's a there's reason for that. I understand the sentiment, but what I've always said is the big problem with that is the Bible uses all of those terms. And so what you do is you you create a gap where you tell that person to go home and read their Bible, and then they encounter all of those weird words in that language like sanctification and blood. And so worship helps bridge that gap where through imagery you get to define terms in new ways. And so what your music does incredibly well is it uses what people would say is Christianese, but in a way that can connect with someone on an emotional level or an imagery. So then when they come to their their Bibles, these words aren't just out of nowhere. So where, where, do, where do those themes come from? Like, are you intentional about those themes? But what is it about those elements and themes that seem to be coming out on, on every record? It's interesting you say that because huh, I have been on a, pretty heavy pursuit the past even when writing that record the last one i just felt like um to remove uh it's i I bet it probably depends on how we define christianese i wanted to remove as much of that from my own language in terms of sort of the words and the placated phrases that people will use uh, yeah, there's and, cheesy Christianese that's just yeah. church pop culture. Yeah, but then like, there's also sometimes biblical language that gets yeah. brought into that category. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah that's a good distinction because I don't yeah. mean you use the cheesy. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I, and I know I know you didn't. That I, I know that, and so I, I so I, I think my the pastor of the church we go to, he's got a great way of putting this, and he just says, you know, it's it's great and all to sort of like pick the things that you really like about God and the, and then just sort of like pretend like the things that, or, or the things that you don't like a, that much about God's character or the way we read it in scripture to just sort of pretend like it's not there. But he, you know, he has a good way of just saying like, you know, it's like really when you think about it, like the gospel, it has a lot of sharp edges to it and you can't just sort of like sand them down, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And so I, I kind of feel like that as I write songs. Um, I don't know that I ever really think about... I do think often, though, I want to write... I don't want to patronize people either. I want to write in a way that we could maybe talk about these things. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not perfect. I don't do it super, always well, but I, I think um, that is my goal, is to write it in a way to where, hey, you, this person that doesn't know God... We can have this conversation, and there can be certain concepts and ideas that are introduced that maybe they're not familiar with, but hopefully through my me telling my story helps them to understand a little bit of that. So, for instance, in a song like Kids and Adoption, um, that whole idea of, hey, um, we read in First John that we are children of God. Uh, but then there's like the more colloquial sense of we're kids. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking a lot about, okay, theologically, God as a father, uh, me as a parent. I see when I think of a kid, I often think of 
or there, there's that kid again, like, you know, whatever, like doing something that's usually crazy <laughs> or the complete opposite of what I asked, uh, or the way I introduce people, Hey, these are my kids, uh, to, to my, to my kids. Um, you know, I, I just, I think that that it's like, there's something about that to me that goes deeper than like formal language, which I think God is, that's who God is. He's like not trying to be formal with us. That's the whole point of through Jesus. It's like, no, we're going to have this extremely, um, I, I want to be friends, you know, I want there to be this friendship and I want there to be this sonship and daughtership with, uh, with me, you know, and that, that's what God's inviting us into. And so I think, okay, there's this idea of adoption. I want to just talk about that in a way that helps people to think about this and maybe both for Christians to think about it, think about, Hey, let's be, let's think about our words in the way that we talk about this, because if we really want people to know God, then we need to communicate it in a way that at least brings about conversation rather than just talking right past them. But then for people who don't know God, hey, there are, also, there are these concepts within the gospel, and we want you to, to know about that too. Zach, you know, so much of what you're saying, I wish I could sort of put in a capsule and just hand, hand over, hopefully the podcast does some of that, but hand over to so many young um, men and women who are, you know, regardless of what they think about vocational ministry, just passionate about Jesus and about music and about the intersection of those things in the context of a community. Um, and there's been a lot written about the future of, I mean, everything, but you know, when it comes to the church, everybody's writing and blogging about what's the future of this and that and whatever. But without even trying to decide, you know, is it bleak or is it bright? Just thinking about the fact that the church since the beginning has always, I'm actually just reading right now um, a book by a guy named Andrew McGowan called Ancient Christian Worship. It's like so fascinating. The church since the very beginning in some form or fashion has put music to um, the story of God and Uh to learning the story of God and to connecting uh, on an emotive and 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 mental and holistic level to God. So there are so many young men and women, hopefully, who are listening to this, who are either considering or are in or are are pursuing um, giving much of their life to this work, to that intersection of music and God, and um, contextualizing that for a community. So if you could just imagine, you know, the multitudes of them. Um, if they're listening, what would you say to them as they're sort of making decisions about the sorts of worship leaders and songwriters and really truly artists that they want to become? What's a word of challenge or encouragement that you would give them? To, to learn really uh, as much as you can about, about uh, who you are. Because I think that um, all of our experiences, uh, our upbringing as kids, uh, the things that we learn as we go, I think the greater sense of who that we have of who we are and the both the the good and the bad, um, I think that we can create out of that in a really free way. But I think if we're just sort of not allowing ourselves to take the time to to learn about who God has made us and what God is saving us from from ourselves in different ways. Mm. Um, I just think it's really easy to just regurgitate and get lost in just doing what a bunch of other people are doing because that's what you do. Because really, when when you think about it, 
art exists because it's a freedom of expression. That's what, I mean, really, when you think that's what worship is, it's this freedom to express love and adoration to God, you know? And it's also not that. It's also the freedom to express love and adoration to something that isn't God, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that really that's where it gets tricky because if you don't know, have a deep sense of who you are and what God has done in you, you just start creating what other people are doing and copying them. And then consequently, you actually are just feeding what I would call an idol rather than really pursuing something that's like genuine to who you are and is just a natural expression. And what I mean by that is, okay, if you really want to write songs for the church, don't just write songs for the church. Just write songs. It's just you're a Christian. You're a child of God. And the difference between you and someone else who creates is not that all of a sudden your creations are more holy uh, or, or better. It's that you're, what, it's just your heart. Your heart's changed. So you're, you just know now when I create, I create um, out of humility or I create out of gratitude. I create out of this place of just knowing that the, the God's story of salvation in my life is so powerful and so strong no matter what I'm doing, it's going to at some point show up in, in that. And that's where I think we can live with a lot less fear. And so I, that's what I would just encourage people in is, is just to know that you don't – there are a lot, of, a lot of things out there that sort of uh, prescribe uh, the 10 things that you should follow, the 10 steps. But I think at the end of the day, know who you are in Christ. But also – really face your story, you know, really get to know your story. And I, I've learned that about myself. Like even with my dad, losing my dad at a young age, like I just carried so much anger and resentment towards God over the years that I had to just work through. And so one of those things that creeps in is doubt every now and then. Okay. I got to deal with this. I can't just say, I can't, I'm feeling doubt right now, but I'm not going to tell anybody else that I'm feeling that because then they're going to judge me and think that man, are they even a Christian? It's like, you can't think about those kinds of things because they don't decide Mm. who you are in Christ. Mm. That is God alone. And so I think that that has just freed me so much. And I just hope that others, thousands, millions of people, especially that desire to create, would feel that same freedom to just know you are loved and you can create lots of different things and you should, and you should not just do it in the church, but you should also for the things that you're creating in the church, sit down and take the time to actually make something that you really actually believe in. Not just something that you're doing because you think other people are going to like it, but something that Mm. you really genuinely believe in. And don't tell me that it's, oh, if only five people listen to it, we don't care. You care. So don't say (laughs) that. You do care. So stop saying that. Like, Stop caring about what other people think and just create something that is true to who you are because that is going to be the most honoring thing to God.
Zach, we're so appreciative of, of you and your work and even this conversation, I think, especially just what you just said in the last five minutes. For people who want to stay connected with you and your work, uh, whether it's Citizens or your solo stuff or anything like that, um, where can people find you online? Where can people find your music? Yeah. Citizens is actually in the stages of rolling out new music. You new just album. released a new one. Yeah, it's um, coming, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can... Um, Follow us on like Twitter and Instagram, especially. I don't really know many people. I, I mean, I know Facebook is still being used, but I, I haven't used it in a while. So, um, <laughs> um, myspace.com backslash yeah. citizens and we're, saints. We're bringing pure volume back, if you guys remember that one. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can follow us there, citizens the band on Twitter, I believe. On Instagram, it might be the same, but we're on there. And then you can listen to our music on Apple or Spotify or Amazon. Uh, and then as far as like my solo music goes, you can just listen, just search my name on Spotify uh, or Apple Music and it'll it'll be there for you. There's YouTube and whatever you use. But um, always honored when people take a listen to what we do, especially if it's their first time hearing about us. So if this is your first time hearing about us, thank you. Yeah, Go seriously. Listen. It's good. Yeah, go check out Citizen Zach. Thanks again. Thanks for your friendship and your partnership and your work and uh, your time today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Our Father who in heaven reigns How great and mighty is your name Your kingdom come, your will be done Now here on earth as is above Oh, give to us our daily bread And keep our hungry spirits fed May all our satisfaction be In you whose grace has set us Passing.